Welcome to the Frederick Riverson podcast, where we decode narcissists and manipulation to avoid them in the future and get ourselves out of toxic situations. Just a reminder that these episodes are also on the YouTube channel that you can find under Frederick Riverson. When you watch on YouTube, you will be able to see some graphics that I use, some diagrams I use, and also some summaries. There's extra information. So even though listening on the go is practical, you will get more value if you watch on YouTube. Thank you for listening and enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I wanted to share with you a thought I came across recently that I think is, is actually quite insightful. I'm getting certified in a psychometrics test. If you're not familiar, psychometrics is the measure of personality by comparing you to a large number of other people. You might be familiar with tests such as the uh, Myers-Briggs, uh, which gives acronyms such as I, what is it, I-N-J something. Um, I, I've done the test, I can't remember the results. And I'm not a fan of the test for a rather simple reason, which is that it is what is called type-based te testing. So based on which side of a characteristic you are, they will say you're either an introvert or an extrovert or an extrovert. And so you end up typically with about 16 combinations, which is, you know, more than four, but still is a certain number of quote-unquote boxes. Now with the test I'm doing, they instead measure traits. So with this kind of test, it's possible to score extremely high, both on extroversion and introversion, or be low on both. And because they're, they're using uh, more of a psychometric approach, you can score it an 86th percentile of extroversion, which means if you're in a room, you will be more extroverted than 85 other people. So if you're in a room with 100 people, and you'll be less extroverted than 13 other people. So you can score high on extroversion, 86%, and also score high on introversion, 63%, uh, which I think is quite interesting. I think it's more, more nuanced than simply saying, I'm an extrovert or I'm an introvert, because we can be pretty close to the center, pretty average, and still think, well, I'm a bit more this, so therefore I am this. And I don't think that's a, a very accurate way of seeing things. Now, one of the points that they make in this test that I think is really interesting is they talk about personality uh, and personas. And with the personas, they talk about three types of persona. There's the underlying persona, which is the, the way we are deep down inside, the everyday persona, which is the way that we learn to act every day, and then the overextended persona, and that's the way we act under stress. And maybe you're seeing where I'm coming to. Sometimes, or quite often when we are around narcissists and toxic people, we don't quite recognize ourselves. We behave in ways that don't really seem like us, and we don't really get it. And maybe there's a very simple explanation, which is that when we're around a toxic person, we can never breathe, we can never relax, and so we end up being in a constant overextended state. We constantly are submitted to stress. And that's one of the things that I think people were, were sort of comparing being in a relationship with a narcissist to, to going to war and saying, you know, all things all proportions considered, when you go to war, you know you come back and you're safe. But when you're with a narcissist, sure, the threat is not the same as if you're in a war zone, 
but the threat never dies down. That's one of the points with narcissists is they they never give us time to relax, never time to breathe. Any time off spent with them is exhausting. Any time off spent without them, they make us pay for it. Uh, they, they probably are constantly harassing, texting, or otherwise they, they just go silent and give the cold treatment just to make sure we never have peace of mind. And that brings out our overextended self. That brings out the, the part we are when we are under stress. I think it's a rather interesting prism to view things because maybe maybe for you it'll explain a few things why suddenly you're you react in ways you don't recognize you might be more edgy less patient uh, more patient more of a pushover sometimes when people are overextended they become unreasonably cooperative uh they'll, they'll allow people to do to do anything whatsoever and um in in this test they talk about different qualities that we have so underlying in everyday qualities, but when they are overextended, they can be a less nice side. So I give you a few examples. A person who naturally is under who also on an underlying in everyday level is accommodating. When they're overextended, they become acquiescing. When the person is collaborative, but they're overextended, they become con uh, consensus obsessed. And that typically is the case when you're disagreeing with a narcissist, you're looking for consensus, you just want peace of mind, you want closure, and they won't give it to you. And someone, for example, who is empathetic might become emotionally stressed. In the same way, someone who is, let's say, um, uh, let's say, logical might become argumentative. And someone who is intimate might become passive so it's not it's not as simple as just saying if you're around a toxic person this is what happens it's more if you are feeling stress this is how it might be perceived by other people but how it might, might also be perceived by by you by yourself there's another point for example someone who is imaginative can suddenly be uh, be told that they're being a fantasist so what they're saying is not rooted in reality and this might also happen to be things that a toxic person will say to you. They'll take your qualities, they'll spin them around, they'll turn into something uh, negative with a negative connotation. And I think it's quite important to be aware of this. One, one thing I think is relatively helpful is to measure roughly how relaxed we are. We can measure many different things. Just use a scale between 0 and 10, and it's a rough estimate. There's nothing too objective about it, apart from if you're feeling that you're relaxed at 8 out of 10, you're at 8 out of 10. If you feel that it's 2, you feel that it's 2. If you feel you go from 2 to 3, you feel there's some improvement. And then it's interesting to observe over time and look at the triggers. Are you really feeling relaxed? Or are you pretending that you are? Or are you telling yourself that you should? That's something I know quite well, feeling or thinking, I should not be feeling this. And at the same time, you think, well, maybe I shouldn't be, but I am. So what am I going to do? And uh, that can be a bit of a conundrum if we don't want to actually see reality. Bear in mind also the, the, these questions of being overextended that also applies at work, it applies with families. And, you know, for some people, being overextended is, is normal. It's a normal state. There's always someone complaining, someone annoying, 
someone demanding things. So if it feels normal, we gravitate towards that which is normal. And maybe that's a thought to bear in mind is, uh, what is, first of all, what is normal for us and what, what do we aspire to? Here's another thought, by the way, that, um, I came to mind the other day, which is when we look at, um, let's say our situation, we can look at, let's say three different elements. Imagine to your left, you've got the past in front of you, you have the present and in the future, you have the, well, the future. The past is gone. We sometimes carry weight from the past, but it's gone. The weight is here, sure, but the past is gone. The cause of the weight is gone. So we can ask ourselves, well, if we have weight, what do we want to do with, with the weight? Then we have the present. And as we know, the present is fleeting and it's running out. Time is running out. And then we have the future. Quite often we're focused on the past. We're trying to make sense of the past. And we're maybe trying to deal with the present. I'd suggest it's worthwhile looking at the future and thinking what future do we want and what do we have to do to get there? It can be very easy to, to consider that all we need is more of the, or all that it's easy to do more of the same, that more of the same is not making a choice, but that's not true. More of the same is choosing to do more of the same. And if we reverse engineer the future we want, well, what's the best way to get there? More of the same is likely to give us, well, more of the same. We know what that looks like. If that doesn't fill us with joy, or if that scares us or terrifies us, well, what are the alternatives? We can simply imagine a better alternative and ask ourselves, what would it take for that alternative to actually happen? What changes would I have to make now for that alternative to maybe be a reality? Because if you want a better alternative and we have a toxic person around us, we pretty much have the certainty we're not having a better future. If we get rid of them, we don't have the certainty will work, but we have the possibility we can get a better future. So those are a few thoughts. Thank you very much for listening. I hope everyone is well. Take care.